Jason Kompot, and I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to One Month to Better Third-Party Management. This month, my monthly series is sponsored by Opus. Opus helps you to free your business from the complexity and uncertainties of managing risks associated with your customers, vendors, and third parties. By combining the most innovative third-party risk management and Know Your Customer Compliance SAAS platforms with unparalleled data solutions, Opus turns information into action so that you can, so your business can thrive. Learn more about Opus at www.opus.com. This month, I'm going to take a deep dive into third-party risk management. I'm going to consider what you need to do to take a look at third parties, the due diligence you need to engage in, how you should evaluate that due diligence, what contract terms and conditions should be a part of your due diligence going forward, and how you should manage that relationship after the contract is signed. I think you'll find this an extraordinarily interesting and important series because, as all compliance practitioners know, third parties are your highest risk under anti-corruption laws such as the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act or the UK Bribery Act. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to One Month to Better Third-Party Management. Day four, due diligence. Most companies fully understand the need to comply with the FCPA regarding third parties, as third parties represent the greatest risk for an FCPA violation. However, many companies are not created out of new cloth, but are ongoing enterprises with a fully up-and-running business in place. They need to bring resources to bear to comply with the FCPA while continuing to do business. This may be particularly true in the area of performing due diligence on third parties. Many companies understand the need for a robust due diligence program to investigate third parties, but have struggled with how to create an inventory to define the basis of risk for each third-party relationship and therefore perform the requisite due diligence under the FCPA. Getting your arms around due diligence can sometimes seem, seem bewildering for the compliance practitioner. However, with the information you have developed in the business justification and the questionnaire, this should provide you with an initial information to consider the level of due diligence that you should perform on third parties. This leads to step three in the five steps of the third-party risk management process, that being due diligence. So over the next couple of days, I'm going to talk about due diligence. Today, I'm going to talk about it generally, and tomorrow, we're going to take a deep dive into the levels of due diligence. Jay Martin, the chief compliance officer at Baker Hughes, often emphasizes that a company needs to evaluate and address its risks regarding third parties. This means that an appropriate level of due diligence may vary depending on the risk arising in a particular relationship. So <clears throat> the appropriate level of due diligence required when a by a company when contracting for the performance of information technology services may be low to, the to reflect the low risks of bribery on its behalf. Conversely, a business entering into the international energy market and selecting an intermediary to assist in establishing a business in such markets will typically require a much higher level of due diligence to mitigate the risks of bribery on its behalf. In the United Kingdom, under the UK Bribery Act, under prin Principle 6 of the Adequate Procedures Compliance Program, the <coughs> Ministry of Justice stated, the commercial organization applies due diligence procedures taking a proportionate and risk-based approach in respect of persons who perform or will perform services on behalf of the organization in order to mitigate identified bribery risks. The purpose of Principle 4 
or rather of this principle, is to encourage businesses to put in place due diligence procedures that adequately inform the application of proportionate measures designed to prevent persons associated with a company from bribing on their behalf. The Ministry of Justice recognized that the due diligence procedures act as both a procedure for anti-bribery risk assessment and as a risk mitigation technique. The Ministry of Justice concluded by saying the role of due diligence in bribery risk mitigations justifies its inclusion here as a principle in its own right. You should initially set up categories for your third parties, high, moderate, and low risk, based upon which risk category the third party might fall into, you can designate specific due diligence. A th this three-step approach was discussed favorably in Opinion Release 1002. The, in this opinion release, the Department of Justice discussed the due diligence that the requesting entity performed. First, the requester conducted an initial screening of six potential grant recipients by obtaining publicly available information and information from third-party sources. Second, the Eurasian subsidiary undertook further due diligence on the remaining three grant recipients. This due diligence was designed to learn about the organization's ownership, management structure, and operations. It involved requesting and reviewing key operating and assessment documents for each organization as well as conducting interviews with the representative of each MFI to ask questions about potential corruption risk and each, or, each organization's relationship to the government. In a third round of due diligence, the same subsidiary undertook targeted due diligence on the remaining potential grant recipient. This due diligence identified ties to specific or was designed to identify any ties to specific go government officials and determine whether the organization had faced any criminal prosecutions or investigations and assess the organization's reputation for integrity. So within the general overview of due diligence, you can see why this background investigation is absolutely mandatory. What you're required to do is set an appropriate level of background investigation or due diligence review based upon the information developed in the questionnaire and other outside tools such as the Transparency International Corruption Perception Index, which would tell you the perception of corruption in a specific country. If that risk is high, you may raise up your level of due diligence. Correspondingly, if you're in a jurisdiction such as uh, Singapore, Canada, United Kingdom, may be relatively low and you can drop down to a more basic level of due diligence. So what are the three key takeaways for today? Well, number one, you must have enough information to fully identify the owners, ultimate beneficial owners, and related parties to determine if there is foreign official involvement. You simply have to have enough information to make that determination. Number two, all credible compliance commentaries require due diligence. So if you look at, obviously, the Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commission 2012 guidance, it requires due diligence. The 2017 guidance on the evaluation of corporate compliance programs talks about due diligence. 
The UK Bribery Act commentaries require due diligence. The OECD 13 Good Principles require due diligence. So this is something that you are going to have to do. Uh, there may be situations where you cannot do as much due diligence as you would like. This is certainly going to increase the risk, but it puts pressure on the other steps in the five-step process. And finally, use an experienced due diligence provider. This is going to be critical for you going forward. Although it's possible to do uh, internet background searches, it's really important that you utilize a professional service provider to the extent required. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for joining me for day four to one month of third-party risk management, and I hope you join me tomorrow for day five. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of One Month to Better Third-Party Management. If you've listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate this podcast as it will help our rankings and help us get the word out on this most unique podcast series in compliance. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to today, and I hope you will listen tomorrow on another episode of One Month to a Better Third-Party Management. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.